28. Romans 8, 28. It's not in my sermon, but I got this scripture. Romans 8, 28. Romans 8, 28. How many of you know that scripture by heart? Romans 8, 28. All things work for good to those who, who love him and are called according to his purpose. All things work for good. Come on, say it with me. All things work for good. One more time. All things work for good. To them that love God and are called according to his purpose. How many of us love God here this morning? Lift up your hands. So say to yourself, all things work for my good. Amen. Hallelujah. And then if you continue to read, you notice the scriptures talk about those that he has predestinated, he also called. And those that he has called, he also justified. And those that he has justified, he also glorified. I want you to know that God has a big plan for your life. You know, the world tries to show, you know, the God of Christianity is the mean God. You know, always looking at punishing people, you know, criticizing you, judging you. You're always not good enough. You haven't done that right. You haven't done that right. You haven't done this right. No, our God is not like that. Our God is gracious. The mean God is the devil. He is the God of the world. So don't let the devil fool you into believing that he's better than your God. Your God is a lot better. Your God is a lot better than the God of the world. Can we say amen? Amen. Come on, say with me, my God is Amen. Glory be to God. How many of you have read the book of Esther? How many of you have read the book of Esther? So the book of Esther, because today, the topic for today's sermon is how to have God's divine orchestration of events in my life. Part one. How to have God's divine orchestration of events in my life. Now, there are two books in the Bible that are very, very clear about God's hand upon us upon his people, his church. If you look at the book of Esther, if you have read it, you have a very, very clear insight into how the devil was raising up Haman while God was raising up Esther. The devil was raising up Haman to terminate the Jews, to completely eradicate the Jewish nation from the face of the earth because the devil knew that God was raising up a Messiah, the Messiah from the Jewish people. So the devil raised up Haman to terminate the Jews. But God raised up Esther to save his people. So how many of you know that God's hand was upon Esther? And my Bible tells me that God is no respecter of persons. So if God's hand is upon Esther, his hand is also upon you. Can we say amen? Glory be to God. Amen. So the events in the life of Esther was ordered by God. She was an orphan. And then she was adopted by her uncle Mordecai. And Mordecai raised her up so well, raised her up with such a sense of integrity, raised her up with such a love for his people. You know, it's very important we have a love for the church. It's very important that we have a love for God's people. Don't let the devil fool you into always criticizing Christians, judging Christians. That Christian is no good. That Christian is no good. That minister is no good. God is very, very jealous over his own people. How many of you as parents would not like to hear anything bad about your children? Come on, lift up your hands. If you as a parent, you don't like to hear anything bad about your children, how much more God? Don't criticize his kids. Say to the person next to you, don't criticize his kids. Amen. So all the events that happened in the life of Esther was ordered by God. There was a queen there before Esther. It's not that the queen's, you know, the, the chair for the queen was empty. No, God removed Vashti and God raised Esther and God put Esther in there, the seat of the queen. 
And more than that, the queen had her way so that the king listened to her at the most critical moment. Can we say amen? Not only was the event, were the events in Esther's life ordered by the Lord, the events of those around Esther, her entire household, her family, her people, her tribe, those events were also ordered by the Lord. Here's the key. Don't underestimate the people that God had sent into your life to bless you. Don't, I'm, I'm repeating it, don't underestimate the people that God had sent into your life to bless you. There are divine connections that God had threaded into your life to bring out events, to bring out circumstances, to give you open doors, to give you favor. Events are very, very important. The people in our lives are very, very important. I would not be here if not because of the people that God had put into my life. So don't ignore the people around you. Don't think that they are insignificant or unimportant. They're very important. There is no such thing as just happy-go-lucky buddies. No. <laughs> We don't believe in luck because we believe in predestination. God had predestined us for good, not for evil. He had a plan to bless us, not to harm us, to give us a hope and a future. Why do you want to believe that God is bad? Why do you want to believe that God is always judging, condemning, and criticizing people? If he's like that, you would have been punished a long time ago. God is into the saving business. We are in the dispensation of salvation. We are in the dispensation of what? One more time. We are in the dispensation of what? Salvation. Amen. If God were to count our sins, who could stand? No. And that's why the scripture says, in his judgment, remembers what? Mercy. Mercy. How many of you need God's mercy? How many of us need God's mercy? Amen. So if you want more mercy, what do you do? Sow mercy. The more you sow, the more you reap. You want more mercy? Sow more mercy. You want more grace? Sow more grace. Can we say amen? So who is the deciding factor? Myself. Amen. Amen. Another very clear book about God's hand upon his people would be Joseph in the book of Genesis. How many of you know that Joseph was sold as a slave, right? Sold as a slave. And then Potiphar bought him. And then what happened? The anointing of God was upon Joseph. The favor of God was upon Joseph. So all the events in his life were turned around for good. And he became the leader in Potiphar's household. And the devil couldn't stand Joseph. So the devil sent Potiphar's wife into Joseph's life in order to ruin him. But who is greater, the devil or God? God, right? So what happened? Even when Joseph was in jail, was in prison, he was actually on his way to a higher promotion. Come on, say with me, promotion. Amen. He was on his way to a higher promotion. What the devil meant for harm? What happened? God turned it around for good. Amen. Come on, say it with me. Turn it around for good. One more time. Turn it around for good. Come on, say it with me. God is good. He's my God. He's the goodness of my life. He loves me. I'm the apple of his eye. Glory be to God. And that's why he sent me Jesus to save me, to deliver me from evil, from death, from all the lies of the devil. Can we say amen? Glory be to God. Hallelujah. So what happened to Joseph in the end? He became the prime minister for Pharaoh. He became the second hand to Pharaoh. And actually Pharaoh gave him the, the in charge of everything in his court. 
And not only was Joseph promoted, his entire family was promoted. And his entire tribe was promoted. And the family became a tribe, and the tribe became a nation. Come on, say to yourself, my God is the God of families. It's the God of generations. Amen. We need to understand that God is very big. You know, he's not just focusing on one person. It's like a ripple effect. You know, the blessings get bigger and bigger and bigger and bigger and more and more and deeper and deeper and higher and higher. So high that he's going to rapture you. So high that he's going to take you to heaven. How many of you believe that you're going to heaven? How many of you believe that you're going to heaven? You're not going to hell. You're going to heaven. Can we say amen? That's how good God is. So focus on the goodness of the Lord. Amen. I don't know how many of you have ever, you know, tried to smash somebody, beat up somebody in order to teach that person a lesson or to cause that person to become a better person. No, violence will not cause somebody to be a better person. How many of you have had people beating you up and then you turn up to be a good person? No, violence only multiplies violence. Criticism will only give birth to critical people. Judgments will only give birth to judgmental people. It's the goodness of God that brings people to repentance. Being grateful will turn you to become a good person. How many of you have experienced gratitude? When somebody has done you good or when God has done you good, it's like your heart goes out and you just want to do all the best that you can. Lift up your hands if you know what I'm talking about. Amen. So say with me, good gives birth to good. Amen. Glory be to God. Now go with me to Genesis chapter 45. Genesis 45, verse 7 to 8. Now, Joseph, he had the spiritual insight to see the hand of God upon him. Now, you may have all the PhD that you want. You may have all the PhD in theology, but you only have had knowledge without the Holy Spirit. Only the Holy Spirit can unlock the Word of God. The Bible, 66 books, Read as one book. All the 66 books of the Bible, all of them were penned by the Holy Spirit. Men and women moved by the Holy Ghost. So if you read here, Genesis 45, verse 78, this is Joseph speaking. He said, God sent me before you to preserve you a posterity in the earth and to save your lives by a great deliverance. Somebody may think, oh, that's very prideful of him. No, he's not being prideful. He's being true. He's being humble. What is, what is the meaning of being humble? To be humble means I am what the word of God says I am. I'm being very honest. I'm not afraid of you judging me. I'm not afraid of you thinking bad about me, thinking that I'm being prideful. No, I have to be true to the calling of God on my life. He recognizes the calling of God on his life. He sees the hand of God upon him. He looks above and beyond people. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. Shall we go to that level? Can I ask you to lift up your hand and go to that level? Amen. Don't be limited by yourself. Don't be confined to yourself. Don't be judged by people. And then you stop doing what God has called you to do. Can we say amen? Thank you, Jesus. Amen. Hallelujah. Let's look at the um, how to have God's divine orchestration of events in our lives. How many of you have heard of the saying, whatever will be, will be? Yes, we've all heard of that. Is that true? Only if you allow it to be true. It can be true if you believe in it. It can be true if you allow it to be true. Living a life that is not covered by prayer, not waiting on God for guidance, 
for grace? Not allowing God to give you his plan, to give you his strategies for living? Not waiting on God to take care of you with his vision? That's not wise. We need to live with God. Not just call upon him when we get into trouble. We need to synchronize our living with him. Let me ask you a very simple question. Can you abandon your responsibility for living your life and expect success? Can you not take responsibility for your own living and claim success? Yes or no? Come on, answer me, church. Yes or no? No. No. If you don't take responsibility for your own living, for your own future, for the way you live, the way you think, and the way you feel, how can you expect success? Because God has not raised up parrots. God has not raised up zombies. God has raised up intellectual, spiritual people. Can we say amen? Another question let's ask ourselves this morning, is luck real? Today is Chinese New Year. The Chinese culture is very much into luck because it's uh, an agricultural culture. So farmers are very much dependent on the weather. And that's why the Chinese New Year is based on the agricultural calendar. And that's why they are very much into the dragon dance, very much into ancestral worship, very much into worshiping the sun, worshiping the sky, worshiping whatever they cannot see, because there's something mysterious that they can't see, they can't tell, and they are so dependent on it, the weather. So is luck real? The word Lucifer the name of Satan actually means luck. The word luck, how many of you have been to the casino? You don't have to raise your hands. Um, <laughs> luck means, let's see, let's see. Let's uh, roll, let's, uh, what's that? Um, throw the dice, yes. Let's throw the dice, all right? Let's do the jackpot. Luck means a random order. And out of that random order, let's get something good. And that's why you have good luck and also you have bad luck. And that's why as Christians, we completely don't believe in luck. Because why should we believe in the, the devil, Lucifer? No, we believe in God's divine orchestration of events. And that's how you have the safety that's why you have the securities, and that's why you have the confidence. Because someone, God, my dad, my father, the lover of my soul, is watching over me. Amen. I remember I was a Catholic then, and we were doing some uh, recording. We were doing like a recording of some songs. And I was singing the song, Higher hands are watching, higher hands are watching me. Higher hands are leading me. Higher hands are leading me. And as I was singing that song, I felt the anointing of God upon me. I didn't know what the anointing was, but it was like, ooh, I started to shiver. I started to tremble. I started to tremble. I started to shiver. It was the anointing. It's true. Higher hands are leading me. God is leading you. How many of you would give birth to a child and abandon your child? Come on. Answer me. Would you give birth to a child and abandon the child? But so many Christians think that God is like that. I'm born again. Can I find God? I don't know. Where can I find God? I don't know. Is God watching you? I'm not sure. God is watching over you because you are his child. God is watching over you because you are his child. What's the revelation that Jesus gave us when he taught us to pray? Come on, tell me. How are we to call God? Our Father. Not our judge. Not our damner. I think too many Christians are too preoccupied with God, the judge. No. He's the Father. He's the Father to you. Because you belong to him. 
Can we say amen? Amen. So is luck real? No. Luck means a random order. And the devil would love to have you living your life with a random order. Because you can go nowhere without a direction, without a destination. And you can go nowhere not knowing how to get there. We need to know our direction. We need to know how to get to our direction. Otherwise, it would be the blind leading the blind. And they both fall into the ditch. Go with me to Hosea chapter 4 verse 6. Hosea chapter 4 verse 6. Hosea chapter 4 verse 6. My people are destroyed for what? For lack of knowledge. One more time. My people are destroyed for lack of? This is not head knowledge. How many of you know that the Pharisees and the Sadducees, they studied their Bible so hard, but they couldn't tell that Jesus was the Messiah right in the midst of them. And Jesus said, beware of the leaven of the Pharisees, which is hypocrisy. Truth that is not lift out. Truth that is not practiced. Just had knowledge. Theological knowledge. The word of God says, my people are destroyed. So who is the destroyer? Is it God? Who is the destroyer? The devil. With all the head knowledge, the devil can still destroy you. It's only when you have heart knowledge that you live out, that you live out, that the protection will come all over you. Can we say amen? Events don't just happen. The subconscious, the subconscious of every man, even Christians, believe in luck. In whatever will happen. Because you don't have to you know, take too much responsibility. And we need to understand that the subconscious belief in luck, in case Zerah is actually an escape from reality. It's a sign of weakness and denial of God. It's a procrastinated, laid-back, passive approach to life. Because sometimes when things get too hard, when life has a lot of problems, you don't know how to handle them. You can't find your faith in the valley. You can't raise a hallelujah in the middle of the storm. So you just wish that something good would come out. But the Bible never tells us to wish the devil. The devil says that it's okay for you to wish, but the Bible says it's to pray. Pray it through. Pray it through. Claim it. Pray it. Confess it. Submit to God. Resist. 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 Resist the devil. Resist sickness and disease. Resist sickness and disease. With your heart, you believe unto righteousness. And with your mouth, confession is made unto salvation. That is so different from complaining and grumbling and striving and quarreling. There is a confession coming out of your heart. It's either a confession of fear or a confession of faith. There may be a lot of robbery in your area, in your residential area where you live. But you can declare where I live is like Goshen in Egypt. There is darkness all around Egypt, but there's still light in Goshen. Where I live is separated, separated from evil. I live in the world, but I do not partake of the curses of the world because Jesus is my Savior. Amen. Hold on to your confession of faith. It's very important for us to believe in the power of words. How many of you have been hurt by words before? How many of you have been encouraged by words before? Words are spiritual and words are powerful. And you should be the first person to understand it and to believe it. We're living in the fallen world. We're living in a fallen world. It's a lot easier to be negative. It's a lot easier to be critical. It's a lot easier to be judgmental. How many of you know that it's a lot easier to complain than to believe? 
it's a lot easier to complain and grumble than to confess the word of God and see it come to pass. Can we say amen? Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. So the events in our life, where do they come from? Number one, coincidences. That's what some people believe. Accidents, good luck, bad luck. And a lot of Chinese believe in fate. So people are just victims of fate. Or victims of an angry God. Or victims of demons. Always having premonitions, omens, nightmares. Another area that you think events can come into your life could be from my choice. I did it my way. (laughs) My choice, my way, my planning. Let me ask you a question. Had there been any time in your life Or when was the last time when things didn't happen the way you chose, thought, or planned? Have you had that? Lift up your hands. Yes, a lot of times, right? So what do we do? It's important for us to humble ourselves, check, check, examine why it did not work. It's important for us to correct ourselves, and be willing to change. A humble person is a person who is willing to change. So ask the person next to you, are you willing to change? Are you humble before God? So when we talk about events, we talk about personal events, and a lot of us stop there. No. Personal events, and then we have family events. We have community events, national events, global events. Events in a small scale, a medium scale, a large scale. Events of different intensity, different dynamics, and different frequency. Only fools say in their heart that there is no God. There are levels that have been assigned to people collectively and personally. So that you can be in charge of your life. It is your part to wake up in the morning and wash your face and have a shower. God is now doing that for you, right? So there are areas and levels in our life that God has given us accountability and responsibility and talents and intelligence to take care of ourselves. Amen? It's so that we can continue to improve our living. That's what civilization is about. That's why we have electricity now. That's why all the technological advancements. It's so that we can improve our living. But people have taken that for granted to think that they can do a better job than God. God says, I let you improve your living, but they think that they can take over and be God. Let's change the way that we give birth. Let's change the way that we, you know, call our sex. Change the way, you know, we think that which gender that we are of. We can decide what gender I am. The Bible talks about don't move the ancient landmarks. Let me ask you a question. Having the power to put somebody on the moon or put somebody... On Mars, does it mean that he or she is wiser than the God who made the moon, who made Mars, who made the planets, who made the universe? No. That's what pride is like. Pride is very stupid and pride is very blinding. How can we be wiser than God? If you don't approach your Bible with a humble heart, You're fooled. You are deceived by the devil. There is such a devil called a religious spirit. And he will cause you to have the leaven of the Pharisees, which is hypocrisy. You can talk. You can theorize. But you can't live. You have no power when it comes to fighting the devils. So lift up your hands with me and say, Lord, I'm humble. I need to learn. And I love to learn. Amen. 
So the highest level is the creator's level, right? The creator's level at the cosmic level, the maker of the heavens and the earth, the maker of men and angels. And the next level, you have the dispensational level or the historical level. God is called the ancient of days. How many of you know that we are in history? We are in history. It's one generation after the next. We had Moses, right? We had Moses, we had Abraham, we had Joseph, right? And then we had Paul, we had uh, Peter, right? We had uh, Bartholomew, we had all the apostles, and now we are in the church age. Church is historically still advancing. Our God is the God of history. We talked about time. Time is sequential, so it's one after the next. So the song that we sing, one generation after the next, we'll praise him. It's so important for us to not just think about myself, myself, and myself, and myself. No, we need to think about myself, my family, my church, my community, my generation, the generation after me, this world that I'm living in, this nation that I'm part of. Can we say amen? Hallelujah. Refuse to be narrow and shallow. Come on, say with me. I refuse to be shallow. To be narrow. Stay with me. I refuse to be individualistic. I refuse to be self-centered. Please know that the events that happen in your life will affect the events of the people around you. I know how I live will affect my children. Even as grown-ups now, they're grown-ups. The way that I live, the way that I think, what I talk, what I say will affect my children, and my children's children, my community, my church, the people around me, how I behave, how I treat people, they all have, what do you call them, repercussions. Repercussions. The drumming, Bonnie did the drumming this morning. Why is it so beautiful? Because you can hear the repercussions. The music this morning, everyone together playing with the same heart. Why is it so beautiful? Why can, we pre- why can we give God a platform to visit us? It's because our hearts are together, coordinated by the Holy Ghost, the greatest conductor. Can we say amen? Why is an orchestra so beautiful? Clint played in the orchestra. Why is an orchestra so beautiful? Because you have all the instruments beautifully coordinated. Beautifully coordinated. So all the events in your life should be beautifully coordinated. And that's why the word of God says that where there is strife, there is evil, there is confusion of every sort. Because you lose that coordination. You lose that harmony. Everybody is going, oh, we are like sheep. Have gone astray, each and every one to his own way. That's the world culture. If everybody is right, then we can be sure no one is right. If there are so many gods, we can be sure God is not in their midst. Because truth, there's only one. Truth is unique, only one. Can we say amen? Amen. It's just like your spirit is in you. Your spirit is coordinating you, every part of you. But if you're going in every direction, you can't go anywhere. That's why this unity is not from God. This unity is from the devil. Can we say amen? Thank you, Jesus. Amen. So we talked about events, right? We talked about events where they were from, according to the world. Let's look at Job chapter 2, verse 7. Job chapter 2, verse Eve. Verse 7. So all the bad things in life. Why do bad things happen to good people? Have you heard of that question? Yes. Let's look at Job chapter 2 verse 7. You know, a lot of times people come up with their own theology and they say, well, bad things happen to good people because God wants to teach you a lesson. So you will learn before you go to heaven. Is God so cruel? Would you break your son's legs just to teach him a lesson? Would you give your kids cancer to teach him a lesson? But religious people come up with religious lame excuses because they have no power over the devil. 
It's so important for the church to have power over the devil. Can we say amen? Our problems are nothing to do with God. Our problems come from ourselves and from the devil. That's why we need to be wise. If you look at Job chapter 2 verse 7, so when Satan forth from the presence of the Lord and smut Job, who smut Job? Who smut Job? Come on, louder, louder. Satan smut Job with sore boils from the sole of his foot unto his crown. So did God give Job sickness? Did God give any one of us sickness? Would the father be fighting the son who went about doing good and healing all that were oppressed of the devil? Would the father and the son, Jesus and God had a fight? I want to heal this person, but God said, I want that person sick. No. So it's very important whom you listen to. Who is bridging in your years? Who is teaching you the Bible? Is it the spirit of truth or the spirit of religion? Is it the spirit of pride? The spirit of control or the spirit that truly wants to bless you so that you can have a good life and a great future so that you can reflect the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. God wants you to live and to live well, not to live broken. Can we say amen? Glory be to God. Amen. Go with me to Matthew chapter 13. Well, you say to me, but that's the Old Testament. Let me give you another scripture. Matthew chapter 13, verse 27 to 28. So the servants of the householder came and said unto him, Sir, did not you sow good seed in your field? Haven't you been doing good? You've been serving God. You've been doing this and doing that. Why? What happened? From where? 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 How come we had the tears? Where did they come from? Where do the bad things in our life come from? Who is talking? Who is giving this parable? Come on, tell me. Jesus. He said unto them, come on, read this together with me. One, two, three. An enemy hath done this. Say it one more time. An enemy hath done done this. If you don't know that you have an enemy, you are being foolish. We need to know that we have an enemy who wants to steal and kill and to destroy. And the only way to destroy the enemy is the sword of the spirit, which is the word of truth. And the Holy Spirit It's the spirit of truth, not the spirit of religion. It's so important. Jesus said, you will know the truth and the truth will set you free. Free from what? Free from all the attacks, captivity, ensnarement of the enemy. Your enemy wants to destroy your marriage, destroy your finances, destroy your jobs, destroy your business, destroy all your relationships, The devil's attack is to zero in and conquer. And that's why when you're depressed, that's why when you're sad, you want to withdraw from everyone. Oh, you want to change partner. And you keep changing partner. You keep changing partner. You keep changing your environment. But the environment, which is the most important, is the environment within you, in your head and in your heart. Go with me to 1 Peter chapter 5, verse 8 to 9. Well, you say to me, Pastor Dora, you're always talking about the devil. Yes, because we're not in heaven yet. In heaven, there are no demons. You don't have to fight. But here, yes, there are devils. But the good news is that we have more angels than devils. Amen. Only one-third of the angels fell to become devils. We still have two-thirds the angels. But you need to call upon them. You need to give them the word for them to help you in your life. Can I ask you, who's, who, who had angels helping him when he was about, he was in the lion's den? Daniel. Who had angels helping them, right? Amen. When they were in the fiery furnace. 
angels were ministers of the heirs of salvation. So are we, can we have angels to help us in our lives? Well, you say, but he's Daniel. Oh, he's Daniel. Oh, he's Daniel. And they are Mage, what's that? Give me the name. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. And he's Joseph. And who else is? She's Esther. Well, let me ask you a question. What happened to them? They're all in heaven. As far as their physical bodies are concerned, they are dead. They are now in heaven. So let me ask you, if your Bible is full of dead people, and you're reading a dead book, Where's the power? No wonder you're sick. No wonder you're poor. Come on, say with me, God is alive. God is alive. Come on, say to yourself, I'm alive. Amen. Don't live a poor life, a sick life, a dead life, and just wait till you go to heaven. God needs you on earth. God is the God of the living, not the dead. Can we say amen? Thank you, Jesus. Amen. Go with me to 1 Peter chapter 5, verse 8 to 9. Be sober. Be vigilant. This is Peter talking. Who's had signs and wonders and miracles? Who has seen Jesus raised from the dead? He said, be sober. Be vigilant. Because there are some people that think, that think, Oh, I'm saved. I'm fine. It's okay. Why do I have to keep reading the Bible? Why do I have to keep praying? No. Be sober. Be vigilant. Because your adversary, the devil, as a roaring lion, walks about seeking whom he may devour. Whom resists steadfast in the faith. Do you get it? Come on, slap yourself on the face. Wake up. Come on. Wake up. I think too many Christians are sleeping. We need to know. We need to know. We are not living in heaven yet. We're living on earth. And there are bad things that happen to good people. Don't you watch the news? Right? You know, why would God allow robbers in my house? I'm a Christian. I'm serving God. But you have no power. You don't pray. You don't prepare yourself. How many of you know what I'm talking about? Come on, slap yourself. God has given us what? The name of Jesus. What's the name of Jesus for? For us to pray. What's the name of Jesus for? For us to cast out devils. Amen. Come on, lift up your hands with me. I'm proactive. I'm proactive. I'm proactive. Amen. Glory be to God. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Don't take things for granted. So how to have God's divine orchestration of events in our lives? When we talk about divine orchestration of events in our lives, we're talking about glory. Well, I know that some of you may think, oh, does that mean that I have to pray every day? If I don't pray, then I'll get robbers in my house. If I don't pray, I'll right away get sickness. No, I want to know that God in his goodness He has raised up intercessors. He has raised up leaders. I know that there are many levels as far as Christendom is concerned, as far as the church is concerned. Some hardly pray. Some don't know what to pray. You know, God has raised up leaders. So we are standing in the gap. Your leaders are praying for you. Your elders are praying for you. Your parents are praying for you to cover you. To cover you, to cover you. There are those that God has called to be leaders. There are those that God had called to be intercessors. And we need to be standing in the gap to cover our people. Like Esther covered her people so they would not be terminated. How many of you know what I'm talking about? So being a leader does not mean that, oh, that means I have studied more theology. I'm wiser. God thinks I'm better. I'm greater, and then you walk around with a condescending attitude. No, to be a leader means you're willing to stand in the gap. You're willing to cover those that are still growing. You're willing to be strength to those that are still weak. Can we say amen? Amen. A leader is someone who is full of love, full of love for people. 
Amen. Remember what happened to uh, Abraham. Abraham said, don't punish them. Don't punish those who were in Sodom and Gomorrah. If they were righteous, even five righteous, would you spare the city? Right? Remember that. God's grace will cover us when we have intercessors. Can we, have, can we say amen? Amen. So that's why I don't think, oh, I don't need to join the prayer group. You know, they, they all pray so well. I don't know how to pray. You come in so you learn how to pray. We need more and more leaders. Can we say amen? How many of you know that we're living in the generation? We don't have enough leaders. How many of you know that we've had a leader in uh, New Zealand who had just resigned? She said, I don't have enough in my tank. We are in a generation that is very very much in lack of leaders. Even in church. Even in Christianity. There are many Greek leaders that had passed away. Kenneth E. Hagen, Oral Roberts. Benny Hinn's quite old now. You know, I know as soon as I mention Benny Hinn, you go, ooh, come on, have you done as much good as he did? All you want to do is to criticize Brian Houston, and you go, ooh, have you done as much good as Brian Houston? We need to repent. We are part of the church, and we are fighting each other. Having a civil war in the house is very dangerous. Don't criticize, intercede. Can we say amen? Say to the person next to you, don't criticize, intercede. Don't join the devil's camp. If they judge Brian Houston, they will also judge you. Don't be foolish. If they judge Benny Hinn, they will also judge you. Because it's the same spirit. It's a critical spirit. It's an antichrist spirit. It's a condemning spirit. It's a, it's a hypocritical spirit. Can we say amen? Amen. It's God who justifies who is it to condemn. Amen. Come on, say amen. How to have God's divine orchestration of events in my life? Don't judge. Don't criticize. Take away the foul tongue. Amen. Use your mouthwash. When we talk about God's divine orchestration of events, we're talking about glory. We're talking about favor and the grace of God to rest upon you. The glory, the favor, the grace, the open door. Come on, lift up your hands. Amen. The glory, the favor, the grace, the open door. Amen. So that's one way, okay, to have events in your life. Another way is to have events from the devil. Omen. Premonitions, negativity, darkness, gloom, and doom over the head. The third way to have events in our life, reasoning, always thinking, always figuring things out. Think, 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 think so hard that you can't sleep at night. Go with me to Proverbs chapter 4, verse 18. Proverbs chapter 4, verse 18 to 19. Say with me, I am a child of God. I'm a Christian, saved, called, justified, glorified. Amen. I know that some of you have a problem with the word glorified. Let me ask you, can you go to heaven without being glorified? You think you can bring darkness to heaven? No way. If you're not glorified, you can't go to heaven. You can't, if you're not glorified, you can't have God in your life. Do you get it? So don't be that religious, all right? Don't be that religious. You think you're humble? No, you're not humble. You're being foolish. How many of you know that you need to synchronize with the, with the same nature? How can two walk together except they agree. You can't be walking with God and keep talking unbelief and judging people, criticizing people. Very soon your conscience will talk to you and you will repent, right? Amen. But the path of the just 
is as the shining light that shines more and more unto the perfect day. Glory be to God. Hallelujah. That's good news. So let me ask you, is your life getting worse and worse or better and better? One more time. Is your life getting worse and worse or better and better? Come on, lift up your hands. Be the prophet of your own life. As a man thinketh in his heart, so is he. Don't get into the gloom and doom message. How many of you know that you're going to heaven? Lift up your hands. Yes, 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 yes. Amen. Can I quickly give you the ways? How to have God's divine orchestration of events in your life? Number one, you need to know who God is to you. He's not a tyrant nor a dictator. He's your redeemer, your savior, your deliverer, your provider, your healer, your guide. He is the lover of your soul. Can we say amen? Number two, you need to know who you are to God. You are not a nobody. You are a somebody. Amen. Jesus is in you, the hope of glory. There's a lot of potential that God is drawing out from you. There's a lot of good in you. And God is drawing it out. And you can bring a lot of blessings to the people around you. Start with blessing your wife. Start with blessing your husband. Start with blessing your kids. Start with blessing your children. Start with blessing your grandchildren. Start with blessing your church. Be a carrier of God's blessings. Amen. Glory be to God. Who you are to God. Number three, your spiritual atmosphere. And that's why we do praise and worship. Praise and worship. How many of you know that air is a container? How many of you know that? Air contains water. Air contains voice, your sound. So air is like a vessel that you can use. So you need to fill the atmosphere with praises and worship. Instead of gloom and doom. Instead of all the negativity in the world. Instead of all the foul talks in the world. Fill your atmosphere. Can we say amen? With praises, with worship, with the word of God. Even just reading out the book of Psalms, reading out the book of Proverbs, you charge your atmosphere. And guess what? You charge yourself from the top of your head to the soles of your feet. How many of you know that we listen to negative voices all the time? We listen to the news that's so negative. We listen to the, to the people around us which can be ne- who can be negative. They don't mean to be negative, but may- maybe they're sad, they're sorrowful, they have to vent. So it's very important that you be prepared for the battle. Life is a battle. Somebody tells me that life is tough. It is. Somebody tells me that the world is not fair. It's not fair. Come on. We're not living in heaven yet. The world is not fair. Life is tough. That's why you need to be tougher still. You need to be stronger. You need to bind the strong man. Whoever is stronger than the the strong man can bind the strong man. You can't be weaker than the devil and tell him to leave you. He'll overthrow you. How many of you want to be a strong Christian? A strong Christian. Stronger than what you're hearing. Stronger than what you are seeing. In the midst of darkness, you see light. Hallelujah. In the midst of sickness, you see healing. In the midst of poverty, you see God's provision. When you're stuck, you see the way out. Can we say amen? Come on. Amen means let it be so in my life. And by life, be exalted, be glorified. So, build the spiritual atmosphere around you. Number four, to love God is to know him. If you love me, you will know me. So, that's why we read the Bible. It's not because if I don't read my Bible, God will be angry with me and won't bless me. No. He will still bless you. He loves you. But with understanding and knowledge, you acquire spiritual intelligence. Come on, say to the person next to you, spiritual intelligence. You must have spiritual intelligence because that's what gets you through. It's the wisdom that is higher than the wisdom of the world, higher than the wisdom of the devil. In fact, you know, all the motivational uh, speeches in the world 
all the motivational speeches that you can hear on YouTube or books that come out, a lot of them, they just get a little bit from the Bible, you know, just get this from the Bible without telling you about Jesus. Because wisdom is wisdom. It works. And that's why Christians, we must not, we must not be foolish. A lot of Christians, we are so foolish. We think that, oh, okay, just being a Christian means go to church on a Sunday, and that's it. You don't have to do anything. You don't have to study. You don't have to know what's going on. You don't even watch the news. You're naive. You don't know what's going on. You can't put your computer together. You can't do your software. You can't use your phone. You... We must have a, a hungry, a hunger to learn, an insatiable hunger to learn. I love reading. I love reading. And I'm always reading. I always have books next to me, around me, all the time, all the time, not just the Bible, books, books that would motivate me, books that would teach me, books that would tell me how to live successfully, how to live as a blessing to the people around me, how to be a better mother, how to be a better wife, how to be a good, how to be a a good grandmother. Because, you know, the theologies change, the teachings change. In my generation, it's like, Well, you train a baby, okay? You train a baby so a baby should not cry at the wrong time. But now the generation is a baby is a baby. A baby doesn't know right from wrong. So you love a baby. We need to know. Otherwise, we'll be quarreling with everyone, arguing with everyone. I can't can't lead you to Christ by quarreling with you. I can only lead you to Christ by loving you. You don't win a friend by starting a quarrel. You win a friend by lending a hearing ear. Can we say amen? Amen. I'm going to say to the person next to you, be teachable and keep learning. Be teachable and keep learning. Don't be stubborn. Don't get stuck in your past experience. Don't get stuck in your past experience. A lot of times we are stuck. We are limited by our past. Well, we did it like that. Now they do it like this. So, all right. I'll hand off. Hands off. No, learn. Find out why they think they're doing it like that now. Amen. Remember what the Apostle Paul, what did he say? Be all things to all men. So that I can win some. Amen. Hallelujah. Come on, say to yourself, be expendable, be teachable, be flexible. One more time, be expendable, be teachable, be flexible, be willing to learn, willing to grow. Amen. Hallelujah. Learning new things. Don't let your age limit you. You're very young. Okay? Praise the Lord. All of us, we are very young compared to the ancient of days. Compared to God, we're all very young. Amen? So loving God is knowing him. Knowing him. Get to know him. Get to know him. He's not just a general idea. He's not just an impression. We need to know him specifically with true understanding and sure knowledge. Go with me to Amos chapter 3, verse 3. We need to discern his voice, know his voice, his thoughts, his way of doing things. So we follow him. Amen. Go with me to Amos chapter 3, verse 3. Amos chapter 3, verse 3. How can two walk together except they agree? How can I agree with God when I understand him? If I just read the scriptures that says, wives, submit to your husbands, I won't agree with God. Come on. I, I am a, I'm a strong woman. <laughs> But I need to know the understanding. I need to know the, what God is trying to get, what God is trying to achieve. I need to understand the structure of the house and how things flow together and work together for good. Not just for me, but also for my husband and for my children and my children's children. So when we talk about agree, we're talking about understanding. Amen? Not trying to kill each other, you know? Killing each other and say, well, God says that you submit to me. And then I say, you love me as Christ loves the church. And then you start a fight. 
<laughs> Amen. Say with me, understanding. Understanding is very important. Understanding. And uh, point number five, understand the way of faith with a teachable and a strong spirit. You can't have success in your life without knowing faith, okay? Number six, desire and follow the leading of the Holy Spirit. Desire and follow the leading of the Holy Spirit. And number seven, because of time, number seven, exercise dominion and authority over the enemy. A lot of times Christians, they pray, just pray to God. Prayer consists of praying to God and also binding the devil. You have to bind the devil. Okay? Go with me to Luke chapter 10, verse 19. Actually, I've told you already, you don't have much problems with God. Our problems are with ourselves and the devil. So those two areas we need to work on, and then we can have God's divine orchestration of events in our lives, a divine flow of God's order. Behold, I give unto you power. If we don't need to use that power, why would Jesus give it to us? So so the very fact that he gave us the power means that we have to use it. I give you the power to tread on serpents and scorpions, referring to the devil, and over A-L-L. Come on, say with me, A-L-L. One more time, A-L-L. All the power of the enemy, and then he couples it with nothing. Nothing. Nothing shall by any means hurt you. So you can see that all the power, nothing shall by any means hurt you. So that's an absolute statement. We are not being presumptuous to declare that we can have total victory in our lives. It's not, we are not being presumptuous. We are being humble. We are being believing. It's what Jesus said, not what I said. According to the human mind, we may think that we may win a few and lose a few, but God does not say that. He said, nothing shall by any means hurt you. Over all the power of the enemy, that includes sickness and disease, that includes catastrophes, accidents, that includes lawsuits, that includes anger, the lusts of the flesh. Amen. Lift up your hands with me and say, total victory. Jesus has given me total victory over the enemy. Over the devil. Now, everybody, rise up with me. Thank you, Jesus. I can ask you to rise up. Thank you, Jesus. Every eye closed, every head bowed. You are not here this morning because it's an accident. You are here by predestination. You are here by God's order. Amen. Because he has a plan for your life to bless you, to give you hope and a future. A glorious future. There is no failure in God's kingdom. God had never lost even one battle. He's a winner. And you are called to be in Christ. And that's why he has justified you. Because if you were not justified, you can't come into the body. Amen. So if you're here this morning and you were not sure of your salvation, you were not sure that God is so good to you, You were not sure that God had given you the total victory in Christ Jesus. Can I invite you to lift up your hands? To lift up your hands and say, Lord, yes, I embrace all that you have for me. Amen. Lift up your hands and say, Lord, I embrace all that you have for me. I receive all that you have for me. Amen. Come on. Let your body manifest what's in your heart. Lift up your hands and say, Lord, I I embrace all that you have for me. Amen. I get rid of that religious spirit. I get rid of that false humility. I want all that you have for me. I'm just like a child. I I have a childlike faith. I embrace all that you have for me. If your word says that it's that good, I believe that it's that good. I believe your heart is that good towards me. Your heart is so, so good towards me. I believe that. I believe that. I believe that. Amen. Hallelujah. Father, I pray your blessing over your people. Amen. Every man and every woman within the sound of my voice, every child. Amen. Your voice is powerful. Amen. And you are the God who blesses your people.
You are the God who have a plan for each and every one of us to bless us, not to harm us, to give us a hope and a future. And your grace is sufficient for us. Your strength is made perfect in our weakness. So we boast in you. We don't boast of ourselves. We boast of you. We boast of your grace. We boast of your goodness. We boast of your mercy. We boast of your forgiveness. Oh God, you are so, so good. You're awesome. You're awesome. You're so good. We love you. We love you. And we love you. And we thank you for your grace to cover over a multitude of sin. Your grace, your grace manifest in the lives of your people. In the name of Jesus, we have prayed. Everyone say, Amen. Amen. Give the Lord a